Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Lord. Just open your hearts. Just say, Lord, I'm hungry today. I'm hungry to receive your word. I'm hungry to receive what you have to say to me personally today. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you for hungry hearts this morning. Lord, we open our hearts to receive your word today. Thank you, Lord God, life-changing words. Lord, words straight from heaven that penetrate into the hearts of your people today. Thank you, Lord God. We love you. We honour you in this place today. Holy Spirit, just come right now and have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just be still for a moment. Thank you, Lord. What are are things that you need this morning, church? Just pray from your heart to heaven. He knows. He's here to meet you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, Holy Spirit. If you need healing in your body this morning, why don't you lift your hands right now? Is healing in this place today. He asks us to take that step, that first step into his presence, that first step of faith and saying, God, I believe. Thank you, Lord God, for your healing power in this place today. Touching bodies, touching hearts, touching minds. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you activate that faith in our lives. Lord, that we do not doubt, but we trust. We trust you no matter what. We trust you in our lowest moments. We trust you in our highest moments. God, that you are there, that you are ever-present. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us afresh. Encourage us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit.
just to have a moment. You're probably like, hurry up, Melissa. Hurry up. No. We just need to wait and stop and be still sometimes, don't we? And let God be. And let God do. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm just going to make sure I don't trip over this morning. Good morning, church. So good to have you here this morning. I'm excited about bringing the word. Are you hungry? Are you ready? Well, yes. Thank you, Joe. Amen, amen. Um, I I think I say this every time. I count it a privilege and an honour to stand before you, church, and always bring the word. And I always pray that it's not my words, but it's his words through me. And as I was preparing this message over the last couple of weeks, um, I was a bit nervous, but, uh, you know, the last couple of days I started getting really excited. So uh, for those who haven't been here the last uh, number of weeks, this month we've been going through the book of Ephesians. And uh, this has been a really great challenge for me because I've had to look at a big block of scripture and get a message out of that instead of just grabbing a scripture from here, there and everywhere on a particular topic. So it has been uh, a privilege and a journey just to do this. But um, I'm excited that um, God's going to, I really feel God's really going to challenge you today, but speak to you today. And so I'm going to do a lot of reading, but I'm going to be preaching through my reading. Is that okay, church? So if you've got a Bible, get your Bible out. If you've got a phone, a notepad, I want you to take notes because if you're anything like me, I only retain a certain amount of what I hear and I need to go back and reread uh, and then I absorb what I'm hearing. So why don't we pray? Lord, I thank you, Father, for, for this word. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of speaking your word. God, I pray that not my words but your words will speak through me today. God, we will open our hearts. Lord, let us be hungry today to receive what you have for us, Lord God. We are thankful for food in the house. We are thankful for the word and we are thankful that we get to gather gather together in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Ephesians 4 and half of verse, uh, half of 5, church, is what I'm going to be coming around this morning. But Pastor Christian, uh, he mentioned last week that the first half of Ephesians is all about our beliefs. And then the second half is all about our behaviours. So I'm actually going to be jumping in and challenging us in our behaviours. Amen. But let me just give you a little recap for those who haven't been here the last couple of uh, weeks. Uh, just a summary on the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. It was written to the believers uh, who were confronted with the very question, how do I live in light of the gospel in a world that is dark and broken? Ephesians is filled with what we need in order to understand who we are in Christ and what it means to live out every single day. And as I've been looking through uh, and reading the book of Ephesians, and especially uh, chapters 4 and 5, this is something we could read every day, church, because they're reminders, and we need reminders. They're confronting reminders. But this is a challenge, these, these few verses, to challenge us on how Christ calls us to live in a dark and broken world so we can be the light. Amen? So this message is going to be broken down into three parts. The first, unity amongst us. Secondly, unity with God. And the third part is being spirit-led. So the first part of this message, unity amongst us. And this is a call for unity and maturity into the body of Christ. 
So let's read from chapter 4, verse 1, unity in, in the body of Christ. And it says, therefore I, so this is Paul speaking, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So I highlighted that word beg. So Paul was actually begging the people saying, we live in a broken and a dark world and I'm begging you, I am calling you out to live a life that's worthy, that's holy and pleasing to me. And then it goes on in verse 2 and says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And I believe, church, if this, this particular uh, few verses of Scripture is lived out well, it has the power to change relationships and churches. I truly believe this. And that's why Paul's saying, I beg you, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to choose this way to live. And I believe that this particular part of Scripture is a call for unity amongst God's people. And he's calling us church. And there's four words in these first few passages that, is, uh, that he calls out here, and it's humility, it's gentleness, it's patience, and it's love. And the four words, if we embrace and live out, I believe foster intimacy and ignite unity in all levels of our life. Amen? So the first one, humility, putting others first, serving others. And who knows that can be really hard. But what, did, what was Jesus' example? He came not to be served, but to serve. He came for you and I to be that the greatest example of humility, the greatest example to serve humanity. And he calls us to represent him and he calls us to live a life of humanity. Second one, gentleness, goes a long way. And Proverbs says it has the ability to turn away wrath. Who knows? A gentle heart. A gentle spirit, a gentle attitude has the ability to turn away wrath. Yeah. And when we, you know, are face to face with someone else, Colossians says we should do it in grace, that how we speak shall bring out the best in someone. That is a great challenge, that how we speak to our husbands, our wives, our children, our parents, our friends, those that we are doing life with, we should speak so it brings the best out in them. Amen. And the, and the third one is patience. Now, this is, this is, I believe, probably one of the hardest ones. You know what I'm talking about. I know I'm sure. I'm, I probably I am generally a pretty patient person, but this is tested in certain areas of my life. But patient mean, patience means being slow to anger and having the wisdom to not be hasty. This is something that is tested, church, multiple times a day, isn't it? Now, I know this is, very, this is tested in me when I'm in my car. Yeah, patience is very tested. I'm not a person that likes road rage, but I get a little bit impatient. Um, when this is tested, when your bug begins to bore, you want to rush into a situation, it's always wise to take a momentary moment to breathe. Take a breather to gain some perspective of the moment and act in an understanding way. Who knows to show patience? Sometimes when the blood is boiling, we have to t make a decision to go, I need to walk away, I need to breathe, gather my thoughts so that I can respond in a good and understanding and use uh, a way and use wisdom. Proverbs 14, 29 says, People 
with understanding sorry, people with understanding control their anger. A hot tempered shows great foolishness. And the fourth one, love. Love is the greatest mandate. To love God first and our neighbours as ourselves as the greatest commandment. And in Matthew 22, it says that the, uh, that the laws hinges on this very mandate. That he calls us to love, to love our neighbour, to love those that everybody has, uh, those that God has put in our world. Amen. So those four things that he calls out in the first part of his scripture. And then we go on to verse 4 and it says, For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Church, our prayer needs to be for those that don't know Christ, that they come to know Christ, that they bow down to their gods, yeah. their gods that they serve, and they come to know the only God, the living God, the God that we serve, the God that created the heavens and the earth. Then we go down to verse 7. It says, However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Church, God has given us gifts. He's given you and I gifts to serve him and to serve others. And I want to call out those gifts in you today. I... Uh, I want, to, I want to call out those gifts for you, not only to, to use for yourself, but to serve others, to see others' lives touched, to build his church and to build his kingdom. Because at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but I want to be standing at the gates of heaven and I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Not those words of what did you do with the gifts I gave you, Melissa? What did you do? with those gifts that I gave you because, church, who knows what is on the other side of your obedience. There is people awaiting with the gifts that God has given you to touch lives, to see people saved. So I want to call those gifts out in you today. Amen. And then we go uh, down to verse 9. It says, notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly worlds, and the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. That he is known, that the gospel is spread to all corners of the earth. And I know for a fact in my heart of hearts that Jesus will not return until his word, until his truth and his gospel is preached to all corners of the earth. And church, I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that. I, I want to be a part of spreading the good news, church. I don't want to just sit here and play church. I don't want to just sit here and just go, I want to consume for myself. But I want to go and I want to fulfill the Great Commission. Because as we make that decision, church, to fulfill the Great Commission, your lives will be greater. And there'll be so many other lives on the other side of your obedience that one day will say to you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. So then we go down to verse 11. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do their work and build up the church of the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to uh, such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's word 
that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So in verse uh, 12, it says, equip God's people to do his work, work and build up the church in the body of Christ. The purpose of the gifts of leadership church, it's, it's also clear, it is that God's people might be equipped for the work of the ministry. That's the work of service. And so that the body of Christ will be built up expanded and strengthened. Not that the body of Christ will be shrunken, will uh, decrease, but will be built up, will be expanded, will grow. Who wants this place to grow? Who wants to see the churches on the Sunshine Coast grow? Who wants to see people hear the gospel? I don't know about you, but I do. So that's why I'm challenging you today and calling out the gifts because there's things on your life that aren't on my life. There's people that you are called to touch that I can't touch. Amen? I know years and years ago when I was uh, in my late teens, I had pastors and leaders call the gifts out in my life. They saw things on my life that I didn't see. And I just made a decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to always have a yes in my heart and my spirit. Because I know I made a decision that what God has done for my life, I want to share my testimony, my story, and show that other people can do, uh, that God can do uh, something amazing in their their life uh, for what he's done in my life. And so I've always said, God, I'm going to say yes. I'm never going to say no. I'm going to say yes to the call on my life. Amen. And I have never regretted that. It's been challenging and it's been hard, but it's been so worth it. And that's been one of the, the, um, I suppose, the mandates uh, that I feel God's put in my life but has encouraged me to uh, and challenged me uh, when we moved from Sydney up here, he said, you will not know what is on the other side of your obedience, Melissa, unless you step out of your comfort zone and put away fear and say, okay, God, send me. He wants to send you, church. He wants to use you for his glory. Now, gifts, the gifts that he's given you, they're tools not only to build with, but they're weapons to fight with. I'll say that again. They're tools not just to build with, but they're weapons to fight with. Some gifts may look like they're more important than others, but no, they're equally the same. God has given us gifts amongst the church, amongst believers, and they're all just as important as others. Now we go on to uh, down to verse 14. It says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. So here, another way of maturity is described as growing up in Jesus. So the more and more that we commune with Jesus, the more that we connect with him, we grow in maturity. And this defines the direction of our maturity. We never grow independent of Jesus. We grow up in him. Amen. So then we go down um, the next part of verse 14. It says, we will not be influenced when people try to tick, to tick us, sorry, tick, trick us or tick us off, trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, they will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body and the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen? You know, the evidence of maturity is that leaders and God's people are all doing their job. 
This means every part and joint provides provides what it can supply in the core uh, uh, in a coordinated effort. When this happens, it naturally uh, causes the growth of the body, both in size and strength, but especially growth for building itself up in love. Amen. You know what, church? I believe that if you call this place home, that you're not just called to come and warm a seat. You are called to help build the mighty house of God. So I call out the gifts in you this morning. Unity. What does the Bible say about unity? And in Psalm 139.1 it says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Who knows a unified people is an unstoppable, uh, unstoppable people. Who knows a unified marriage is an unstoppable marriage. Amen. Unity is a common topic in the Bible. You know, you go through the scriptures, it talks about unity everywhere. It's promoting the peacefulness of living unified in harmony. The first one, we are called we are called to be in unity within ourselves. And 1 Peter 3:8 says, "Finally, all of you should be in one mind." With each other, love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. The second one about unity: in unity, we uh, be unified with uh, with each other. And in one Corinthians one ten says, says, "I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, be the authority of Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Amen. Rather, be one mind, united in thought and in peace." Who knows that the enemy's one agenda to pull down the body of Christ, to pull down the church worldwide, is division. Who knows that the enemy's one agenda to come into the family unit and cause division and pull apart families. But I say, church, not on my watch. I don't know about you. On your watch? No, you need to say, you know what, devil, not on my watch. You will not come and divide my church. You will not come and divide the churches uh, around the nations of the world. You will not come and divide my family because Jesus Christ wins, not you. You are under our feet. Amen? Amen. So then we go down to uh, the second part of uh, this block of uh, the chapter 4 and 5. And the second one is I want to talk about is unity with God. And I believe when we choose that in our hearts, God, I want to be unified with him. What that calls, church, is a choice to say, God, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my heart to you. I want to live a life that's holy and pleasing to you. And this next block of scripture uh, is an instruction of Christian living. So we go down to verse 17. Are you ready? Pretty much. What I'm going to read says it all. I don't need to unpackage it. It's something that it just calls it out and says, you know what? I want you to be living as children of light. It's a call. But he's calling us to say, I want you to be a light. I want you to be a beacon on the hill. I don't want you to live a, live a lukewarm life. That you are set apart so that people that haven't uh, experienced the love of Christ yet can see that light, can see that there is a better life yeah. that, that, you, that they can live. And so we read down in verse 17, it says, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. For those are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far <coughs> from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. 
They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity, but that isn't what they've learned from Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have uh, learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This block of scripture, I believe, is, is a call for us to choose to live that life that is holy and pleasing to him. A call to this new life that we're called to live. And this uh, passage of scripture talks about the character of the old man. That we once were sinners, but now we've come to him and we are, are new in his eyes. We are a new creation. So we are called to put off the old man and put on the new man. And this is the same idea as like literally putting off and taking off, you know, our old clothes. So you go through your cupboard and you've got holes in your underwear, you've got holes in your, your clothes, you've got some old scattered clothes. You think it's time for a bit of an upgrade. I'm going to go and buy a new pair of clothing and putting on some new clothing, right? It does something, doesn't it? Oh, I feel good. I've got a new pair of trousers. I've got a new shirt. I've got a new pair of shoes, whatever that is. You feel, you feel good. That's what God calls us to do. He says, put off the old, throw it away and put on the new and walk in that. Walk with your head high because you are a new creation. Amen. And that's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if I am in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone and the new is here. Now, this next passage of scripture, we go down to uh, verse 25. And this talks about the conduct of the new man. Man, So stop telling lies. Tell, Let us tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down on, uh, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Who knows? It's so true. When anger starts raging, when the blood boils, sometimes we do things and say things that we so regret. Now I'm speaking to married couples here right now. Who knows, sometimes we have moments and before bedtime. And you know, it's like, yeah, we've had a bit of a we've had a bit of a moment. I'm not saying we have moments. Oh. This isn't a story about us. I'm just talking about you know, I've talked to people. You know, I've got insight. But you go to bed and you've had a moment. I don't want to talk to you. No, I'm I'm put out with you. But your husband's just, all right, fine, whatever, falls asleep. And you're literally like on the end of the bed, your legs hanging off like I'm not going anywhere near you and you just grab a little bit of the, the doona because you don't want to pull, pull anymore because you want to show, show them that you're really annoyed. I'm really angry. But then who knows you don't sleep well? Huh? Who knows you don't sleep well? Okay, all right. Then you get up in the morning and you're like, I'm still put out. I'm still annoyed. Or you might be like, man, I'm very forgiving. I'm like, oh, I let that go. I'm sorry. Please love me again. I didn't mean what I said. Come on, I'm just being real. I'm being real this morning. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I know there's moments with my children and I'm like, I'm really ticked off. I'm really annoyed with you. And I walk out and I'm like, oh, I can't go to sleep without having peace with my children. Go down, I love you, I'm sorry, you're the, you're the best, you're awesome, but you need to work on that. <laughs> and go back upstairs. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Forgive, let it go, because peace will come. You will have a better night's sleep, I guarantee it. 
You know what? Find strategies if you're naturally a little bit more of a passionate, fiery person. Some of us are more bulldogs, right? That's okay. That's the way God created you. Own that. It's awesome. But if that's you, find strategies how you contain that and how you can manage your passion and your fieriness. It's okay. God's wired you that way. But God says, come to me. Use wisdom. Take a breather. Don't let the devil have a foothold on this area of your life. Amen? Verse 28, it says, If you are a thief, quit stealing instead. Use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of repentance. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, as I was reading through that scripture, get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, gossip, slander, all of those things, church, we have to die to every day, don't we? We have to die to say, God, I die to rage. I die to bitterness. I die to anger. I die to gossiping. I die to unforgiveness. It's every day it's taking off the old man and putting on the new man, isn't it? I was thinking about a moment uh, when I was at school and I took it as a compliment, but I, I always go back and reflect on this and go, okay, Melissa, are you still living like this? I, obviously, I was brought up in, in a home, so certain values and morals were instilled in me, but it was it, that's just the way I, I ended up conducting my life and just behaving and speaking. And I remember uh, uh, a girlfriend said to me, I don't know, it was in, in later high school, and she said, Melissa, I've watched you through these high school years, and she said, you're different to everybody else than like good, different, bad, different, you know. It was it was a nice moment. She says, no. She said, you're not like everybody else. You don't gossip. You don't backstab. You always find the good in people. You always try and bring peace. You always try and unify people. She said, I've watched you, and you're an inspiration. Now, I'm not telling you this to blow my own horn, church. I'm just... Using this as an example, is this, uh, reflected on this in my life and I've always said to myself, Melissa, who, who do you want to be and, and how do you want to represent, and, and Christ has said, how do you want to represent me? Because people are watching and you can either be an example or you can be like everybody else. And I wanted to read Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24. And church, I believe this needs to be our prayer daily. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That needs to be our prayer, church, that we die to ourselves, that we die to the old way of living, the old man, because they will rear its ugly head every day. We will get challenged. We will get tempted. We will get drawn in. But we get to choose. Yeah. We get to choose to put on the new man and to live how Christ has called you and I to live. Amen. Yeah. And we go, uh, jump into uh, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 5 now, living in the light. And I'm just going to read this big block of scripture, all right, and I want you to absorb it. Absorb it. 
Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place amongst God's people. Absent stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not of you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be, be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an adulterer worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for the light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the uh, worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is, shame, it is shameful even to talk about those that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil in, uh, intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, once you and I were asleep, but now we are awake. We're walking in that light. We are free and we are not in bondage anymore. I don't know about you, but that's worthy to be celebrated. This part of scripture, I believe, is a call to change. It's It's a call now that we walk in change, that we choose that I am a changed person and I'm going to walk in that and I'm going to choose that every day. And the last part of this passage of scripture is uh, being spirit-led, they are living by the Spirit of God. This is a call to live and be led by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that when Jesus went, he died and he, uh, before he ascended to heaven, he said to his disciples, I am going, I'm going to be with my Father, but I will leave my helper, the Holy Spirit, to dwell amongst you. He will be your helper. Walk with him, commune with him. My spirit will hover on the earth, will help you, my Holy Spirit. And in verse uh, 15, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act out thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing here in these passages of Scripture, it it talks about walking. Walking in the light means walking in wisdom. Who knows that we need wisdom every day? That understanding the will of the Lord is that real, what real wisdom is. And it is a contrast between being unwise. And our main understanding of the will of the Lord comes from a good knowledge of the word. The more we dive into the word, the more we read the word, the more wisdom that we get from God, the more wisdom that we get from the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, church, if you just read the book of Proverbs for one year and just read it and go back through it, you will get every bit of wisdom. You will get every bit of direction of how to live a life that he's called you to live uh, in fullness. Amen. And the second uh, part of this passage that I just read, it talks about walking in light means uh, constant feeling of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, verse 18 says, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so Paul's contrast to the effects of the Holy Spirit is a statement of drunkenness that who knows that alcohol is a depressant. It loosens people. It, um, it's, it's because uh, a depressant is, you know, it, like they lo- you, you lose control. You lose uh, wisdom. You lose balance and judgment. But he talks about the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives and being filled has the direct opposite effect. It's a stimulant, but the Holy Spirit moves ev- uh, it moves in every aspect of our being to become better and more perfect to perform. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it's a daily choice, church, saying, you know, Holy Spirit, I need to be filled afresh with you today. Fill me afresh so that you can lead me and guide me. And in James 4, it talks about drawing closer to God. Every day we need to make a decision, church, to get up and say, God, I draw close to you. God, fill me afresh. Let me be led by your Holy Spirit. Let me take off the old man and put on the new man. Let me die to myself and I take up my my cross and I follow you today. The closer we get to God, the more distant um, we we distance ourselves from our own self. The more time we spend with the Lord through reading the words, prayer, listening to worship, the less likely we are to fall. And in Psalm 16, 18, as the psalmist say, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. Church, to become closer to the Lord, to say, Lord, I choose you. What does that take? We hear it week in and week out. It's so simple, but sometimes so hard, isn't it? And that's through prayer. That's through just communing and talking to him. That's through reading the scriptures. I tell you what, you go through times in your life where you feel like you open the word and it just seems dry and boring. Let it become alive again. Let that passion for reading the word, because as you delve into the word of God, you will be filled with so much wisdom, with so much goodness, with so much wholesome, um, you know, lessons and stories to run with. And so I believe that uh, as we draw closer to God, not only in prayer, in worship, in reading the Word, but also becoming active in your church community, but this takes being intentional and disciplined. Now, I know really random story, but I was thinking about, like, you know, you go to the dentist And the dentist says, you need to clean your teeth twice a day to keep healthy gums, to keep healthy teeth, to have a nice white smile. And, you know, if you're you're even more awesome, you might do it three times a day. So knock yourself out if you have time to do that. But who knows what I'm talking about? We have to be intentional. We have to be disciplined to clean our teeth, to keep our teeth and our gums healthy. It's the same with our lives that we have to be intentional, we have to be disciplined to seek him, to draw closer to him, to be filled with his Holy Spirit every day. So can I get the band up? And I want to ask you two questions today. What areas in your life might have slipped? Maybe they're not as strong in your life as they once were. Can you identify maybe it's one thing, it might be a few things. And then I want to give you a challenge today. 
those things or maybe an area in your life that you might have identified. I want to challenge you to bring it to the Lord and get him to go on a work in your life. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.